Salutations and shit, guys. Uh, D. Carrie here with a late episode. Sorry, folks, but uh, life happens. So my grandfather just passed away last week, and I have not been in a space that wants to um, talk about much of anything. And um, the show goes on, though. My grandpa was a very hard worker and uh, showed that firsthand in the way he lived his life. So there's really no excuse for me to not sit on my ass and just talk about one of the things that I absolutely adore doing the most of, right? So uh, in the spirit of all that is awesome and my grandpa related, here I am uh, with my co-host for the day, uh, the adorable Binksy, who's got a great little haircut. And um, so if you hear any little click, clack, click, clack, that's the dog walking around because I'm home. I am recording this actually on release day. So you guys should actually be listening to this now on your way to work. So all six of you, actually, it's a good handful of you guys that listen to the podcast before like the morning is even out. So I apologize to you, amazing people, especially. Um, But I will say that this will be a quick reflective one. I was with um, some of my friends that came to check on me um, last night. And thank you to my friends that did really support me. I am not a sharer, believe it or not. I talk about all the things travel related on this podcast, but in regular D life, I keep everything to myself. So um, for like the handful of people that I personally told, I really appreciate you guys showing up. So David, Taryn, Lorena, um, Dr. Drew, um, Courtney, um, and Del Not, Sharmila, Melissa, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate, um, you know, the kind words. So my cousins and my family, everybody, phone calls, appreciate y'all. So that for me was very much so a learning experience in terms of what to do with grief. I've never really lost anyone this close to me. I lost an aunt that I was very close to. Um, but this one hit a little different because he's my grandpa, right? But um, for me, it was a learning experience in how to love on my friends when they are going through difficult times. So I definitely learned a lot from um, the past week. And I kind of, I don't want to say balance it, but I'm starting to see the way I take the things that I learned from my travel experiences. And it sounds really dumb, right? To say that you learn so much from traveling, but then miss the blatant neon flashing signs in regular life in um, ways of learning new things about yourself and about life. So this experience definitely taught me a few things about myself and, you know, a few things about life in general. So um, in the spirit of learning, I was contemplating on what more do I want to get from travel? What is it that I want? What is it that I want to learn or experience? And um, 
two main things like stuck really hard because there's of course you know it's fun it feels good I enjoy it right there's that aspect aspect of travel but in more of a you know I guess self-development aspect or in more of a self-development vein if you will right the one the two things that struck the hardest were um, experiencing myself in a way that will unlock new versions of myself, like new opportunities. I was having that conversation with someone um, this past week. I don't remember who it was, probably one of my cousins or my aunt or somebody. And then the second one was definitely um, what I think about God and what my ultimate personal spirituality, what like I ultimately believe in actually is. And that was really playing through my mind as I sat in the church for the services. So let's loop back to the first one, experiencing myself in a way that will unlock new versions of myself and basically give me new possibilities and new potential for who I ultimately end up being as a person. So one of the things I think about people and lifing and adulting is that you're never going to be finished, right? If you think that you'll have it all together by the time you hit 45, what the hell is the rest of your life supposed to be about, you know? If you think you'll have it all together by the time you're 65, and by all together, I mean like everything figured out. Like you're done learning things, you're done, um, uh, you know, experiencing new things and figuring new things and developing. Development should be continual. It's kind of like when you get a great professional job, you continue to do career development and professional development. You go to seminars, you go to, you know, um, product demonstrations or whatever the fuck your professional work life entails. You continue to cultivate what your scope of knowledge actually is. And I think the same is true of life. So that um, mindset of, I guess, I don't want to say figure yourself out is wrong, but the mindset of until you have like all of your own questions answered and your own kinks figured out and um, you're a fully developed, complete human being, you won't uh, find like a partner in life or anything like that. So my grandparents were married for 66 years and my grandmother was 20 and my grandfather was 23. I guarantee you that neither one of them had their life in order when they got married. You shouldn't. You're 20. The same way You are expecting your seven-year-old to be smarter and wiser at 15. You'd expect your 15-year-old to be smarter and wiser at 20. And so the same goes for the rest of your life, right? So in that sense, I've found that the more I travel, the different, not the different, but when I travel, I experience myself very differently than I do at home. I've said before that when I'm home, I'm very much so a homebody. I stay in the house. I don't really do much. I don't go out. I don't party. I'm perfectly content in the crib in silence with the dog. We'll either watch something on Netflix or we will read something. Um, Currently, I am in the middle of like five different books, but I just picked up... um, 
I think it's Shook Ones. So I'm about halfway through that. I think I will finish that out today if I can. Um, but definitely feel free to drop me some reading suggestions. I'm into nonfiction, um, really great um, books that I can learn from. But I'm also down for a really good um, story, uh, a good fantasy one or a detective one, if you got one. I can fall down those rabbit holes very quickly and enjoy them there. But anyway, so looping back around to um, the experiencing of myself when I'm home, I don't do shit and I'm completely content doing that. I can entertain myself with everything that is provided for me in this home that I have built. However, when I travel, I do all the things. I will go to as many countries as I can in like a six day window as many cities as I can visit, do as many activities, see as many things, meet as many people as I possibly can. And it baffles the fuck out of me. I am a completely different person. When I travel, I want to do all the things. I didn't spend this money or, you know, take all this effort because flying is no joke. Like it's not always fun. Sometimes you're in really uncomfortable situations and things can be a little, you know, difficult to navigate and, you do it. You go through it because ultimately, you know, when you get to that destination that you're going to have a good ass fucking time. And I thrive on those positions that I'm in where I'm uncomfortable. I am much more readily able to accept that I will grow and um, learn in a different setting that if I stretch myself, that the, you know, the world is my oyster and there's so much to gain, right? And it's not that I don't know that to be the case when I'm home. It's just that I don't act through on that. So one of the things that I really, really want to continue to experience through travel is different versions of myself. I love that I really, I don't want to say take take heat, but I take, um, I pay attention to how I am experiencing myself when I'm abroad. I always make time to check in with myself and um, I journal while I'm abroad. And even if I'm not writing everything down, I like to take mental photographs, if you will, of how do I feel? What about this situation is um, making me feel grateful? What in this situation am I afraid of? What in this situation? The really fun one for me is fear. When I am afraid to do something abroad, it's kind of like I end up doing like this mental checklist. Can I get hurt? Is this something that if what kind of hurt is it? Is it like a fuck you want to end up in somebody's foreign ass hospital or okay, girl, you really might just uh, pull a muscle or if you cut yourself, you can clean that shit up yourself because I do carry um, like, you know, basic first aid shit with me. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, if I'm climbing up something scraping my knee is not going to fucking kill me. So go on the hike, maybe take the difficult route. If you, you know, know that you can complete it with a little bit of extra effort or something like that versus no sis, you might not want to jump off this, uh, this cliff right here into this beautiful ocean because nobody's paying your ass any attention. So God forbid something goes wrong or, you know, you don't come back up. No one's going to fucking notice you're missing. Those kind of things I definitely pay attention to and make sure to uh, gauge when I am weighing the cost benefits of safety and risk. But that aside, 
I enjoy kind of facing my fears head on when I'm traveling. I know when I was in Bali, like the first day, I was so comfortable in the crib. It was nice. I'd gotten my massage. I was cooling, but I was fucking hungry. Could I have found someone to deliver? Yes. But it was one of those things where it's like, there's an entire fucking world outside of this villa. Why would I stay here? Even though, excuse me, I think some of y'all followed my stories and y'all saw what conditions I had to walk through to get to and from the villa. It was one of those, it's like a video game pathway where it's just like the, the road is mad narrow and like right on the other side is like a rice field. So you fall over, you're going to fuck up your ankles, fuck up your feet and then fall like into a rice, uh, a rice field. And it's maybe about two feet lower than what you're actually walking on. And in hindsight, even if I were to have fallen in it, I probably wouldn't have died. But it would have been fucking gross because I don't know what's in there other than the mud and the rice and all the fucking bugs, probably all the mosquitoes. Oh, God, like my skin is crawling thinking about it. But anyway, it was a crazy path. Like, and it was not lit. I don't know, like, how secure. And y'all had to have seen it to know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then, of course food and I needed to eat. So even though I was like almost physically afraid to do this walk by myself, I did it any fucking way. And I had so much fucking fun. The food was good. I found like some bomb earrings that I actually bought. I wear them all the time um, because they were displaying jewelry at the um, spot that I had food. And it was just a really great experience to be like, damn, I was scared. But look at that. For what? There was no reason for me to be scared because I ended up completing my mission, if you will, and I benefited from that experience. So all that being said, I enjoy how I find myself growing personally when I am abroad, and that is something that I wish to continue to experience. I just booked my um, next trip. Uh, December 7th, I will be leaving to Amsterdam and Tel Aviv. I'm only in Amsterdam for a night. Thank you to Corporate Zoe and, um, you know, my cousins and some people that reached out and were giving me suggestions because I was asking, should I stay in Amsterdam for one night or two nights? And, um, I ended up just doing the one night in Amsterdam. I'm getting, I'm getting in at one in the afternoon. And then the next morning I have a 6 a.m. flight to Tel Aviv. I, it's a really short trip, honestly. It, I'm only um, out of the country for like four days. But that's because my best friend out of state is graduating. And there's no way that I was going to miss that. So um, definitely shout me out on the Instagrams and the such with suggestions for Amsterdam and Tel Aviv. I got one night in Amsterdam, three nights in Tel Aviv. I am looking forward to just doing as much black owned shit as possible in Amsterdam. I've seen a couple of different, I think it's just actually the one uh, travel noir article that a bunch of other people are reposting as well, but there are a couple of black owned, um, black owned shops out there. So definitely looking forward to just grabbing something quick to eat experience the area, definitely go to the red light district because why not? I'm here. And, um, yeah, maybe go to, I think the difference is a cafe, uh, a coffee cafe or something. Cause I know the coffee, 
cafes, coffee shops, and then something else. Like one is for weed, one is for um, coffee, and one is something else. I don't know, but I just want to peek in and see what all the buzz is about. But I'm there by myself is, you know, but so much foolishness you can get into safely. You know, it's just like, I'm not trying to die out there. So all that being said, definitely hit me up. I'm really excited to um, continue to experience life abroad and see what type of person I am able to, you know, um, become and I guess, turn into, if that makes sense. But yeah, I enjoy um, the experiences of travel. And the second thing was learning what I ultimately think about God and what my personal spirituality will end up becoming. I was born and raised Catholic. And there was another episode I did earlier in the podcast that I actually really enjoyed. Um, Gods of Abroad, I want to say. It's one of the first 15 episodes or so. So um, after this, if you haven't listened to it already, definitely double back and give that a listen. I talked about the different experiences that I've had abroad uh, with different uh, religious beliefs. In Cuba, I had an incredible, incredible experience um, with Santeria and learning about... um, Santeria, Voodoo, um, some, and I want to say one or two other religions were highlighted and explained. And um, I got my first reading from a Babalao, and it was an incredible experience, like really incredible experience. I made friends with some of the young ladies out there. We still keep in touch on the Instagrams. And I definitely want to put a link for the... Um, the tour group that I did that through, all um, really young professional Cubans out there. Um, a lot of them are involved in, um, I don't necessarily, I guess you could consider like a literature professor, the arts, I get. I don't know. But I guess there's a, you can kind of. But anyway, a bunch of young professionals out there. They're all really incredible and really made for a um, really, really um, great experience. So um, I'll definitely put a link to the experience that I booked with Airbnb in my, um, what do you call it, in the episode description or on uh, probably more likely to go on um, dcarry.com. You could also go to travelandshippodcast.com. They all are going to funnel to the same webpage. But um, all that being said, uh, you could go on the website, book this, uh, book the experience if you're going to go to Cuba. And yes, Americans can travel to Cuba. However, as of, I want to say, December 20th or so, you can only fly directly into Havana. They'll be canceling flights to any other um, city other than Havana. And when you travel to Cuba, what you have to do is um, when you get your visa your category for travel is going to be and it's going to be what is it called i think it's support of the cuban people essentially you can there's like 11 or 12 different options if you will for what your reason for traveling is like you're not allowed to basically just go over there as a tourist and um that doesn't mean that you can't go you can go you can fly directly to cuba you just have to what you may need to do however is use Google Flights 
to source the best flight option for you to get to Cuba. Because if you go on like Expedia, you're not going to be able to just put Cuba in and then find a ton of, um, you know, different options. You may even have to do it the long way and go to individual airlines to like their actual webpage, like go to jetblue.com, go to americanairlines.com or whatever to see if they've got flights when you can um, go out there. But you just fly to Havana. And when you get your visa, I believe you get the visa before you leave. You at the uh, ticket counter, you just fill out a piece of paper or actually I think you do it online. I don't fucking I don't know, guys. It was like over a year ago, but it is not impossible. You can go and all you have to do is just change the categories with which you're traveling over there. You're to use like support of the Cuban people. And if that's not a list, if that's not listed there, there's something else that you can finagle and put down. And when you get over there, essentially what you're doing is you're staying at um, like Airbnbs or you, st- you go and book experiences that are educational. And this way you are able to, if worst case scenario, someone asked you to prove what you were going over there for and whether or not it matched the criteria that you put down on your visa for going over, you can say that it is. But um, it's definitely something that you're able to do. If somebody actually does want more information, send me a DM or an email or something, and I can direct you to the places to get the information. But don't believe everything that you see. You can get over there. It's not. You're not. We're not banned as of yet. The administration hasn't completely taken that away from us. But all that being said, Cuba, I had a great experience uh, definitely check them out. Use my Airbnb code if you've never booked with Airbnb and get monies off of you booking your experiences and accommodations with Airbnb. Um, and where else? Oh, uh, Thailand was a really, really great introduction to Buddhism. They have the main tenets of Buddhism posted up in the temple leading into um big buddha and it's it's very simple it's very simple and it it really the simplicity of it just really spoke to me in terms of i personally don't really identify with any particular religion i'm more of a spiritual person now like i said i was raised catholic I've received all those sacraments that you've received before, you know, obviously not sacrament of marriage or the uh, rites of passage or anything like that. Or what is it? Is it rites of passage? Like the one anointing of the sick, basically when you're about to die, the priest comes in and absolves you of whatever you confess to and blah, blah, blah. But I did first communion. I was baptized. I did. um, What's the other thing we were talking about? My brother yesterday. Um, Confirmation. Did all that, went to Catholic schools my entire life from nursery all the way through high school. And I'm sure my parents are so happy to have spent that money for a child that feels grossly uncomfortable in churches. I don't enjoy them. It means nothing to me. The idea of religion makes me so uncomfortable. Um, I personally don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in... um, very restrictive teachings that were written by fallible human beings only because I know 
through history that the majority of these major religions have just committed the most disgusting atrocities against other human beings. So for me, it's one of those, it just sounds very do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. And I know that there's so much behind it in terms of just having power and control over people that doesn't sit well with me. So I personally don't fuck with the Bible. Um, I believe, however, that religion is indeed a very beautiful tool that many people do use to do good and to live good lives. I just don't think that you need to subscribe to a particular religion to be a good person. Um, But I love the power that it has for so many people to do good. I love the way people find such peace and solace in their religions, whether it be of the Christian faith, whether they be Muslim, um, Jewish, uh, whatever you know, you decide to believe and whomever um, you follow, I personally love that it just makes people happy and it gives them peace. In um, you know, my grandfather passed from cancer. He um, was re-diagnosed uh, last January after his birthday. He had a stint in the hospital and um, discovered cancer, went through chemo, went through radiation, and it ended up just spreading and taking him from us. And through all of that, I see how easily my grandparents especially and my you know family turned to their faith and you know prayer. And I love that it was able to comfort them in a very difficult time. Not my thing. I, I'm not against praying. I believe in a higher being. I believe in a higher power. I don't think that all of this was done by accident. I believe that there was um, a particular level of design that went into this. So personally, I do believe in God. Whether or not there's one God, whether or not there are hundreds of gods, whether or not there are demigods, that I haven't made any, you know, decision over. But I what I do know without question is that religion can have and help people do incredible things in this world. And I would never take that away from anyone else. I don't ever think that someone is less than for believing in what they believe in, as long as they choose to do good with what it is they believe in, you know? Um, So I love what it is able to do for some people. It just doesn't do that for me. Do I know that that will continuously be my life existence? No. And that's why I love being able to learn firsthand from travel to these different destinations and experiencing people in their um, spiritual and religious beliefs firsthand. I was able to do that in Cuba. I was able to do that in Thailand, just being present in the temples. And I know that I had to make a really difficult decision about where I wanted to uh, work. So I just took time to think and reflect and just be 
in that space where so many people, um, you know, I guess for all intents and purposes, would bear their soul to whomever it is they believed in. You know, it's just there's a certain energy in spaces like that that I respect and that I definitely do believe in. So that those two places in particular always stand out for me um, as great experiences in learning about other religious beliefs. But I also had quite an experience in Rome at St. Peter's Basilica. Sadly, I didn't get to go to the Sistine Chapel because I ended up not really using my time the best way. St. Peter's Basilica definitely closed much later than um, the Vatican, but eh, I got there first and I said, I'll pop in, see how I feel. And during the time, my grandfather was sick. And I did go in and I definitely tried to pray. And I found that I wasn't really able to pray traditionally the way that I was taught to pray. But I was able to, you know, find, I guess, a level of comfort being surrounded by other assumed believers, you know, other people in a chapel, which you would assume to be in prayer. Like they specifically ask that you don't go in unless you're going to pray. You take your headphones out, you know, you just respect the space that you're in. And I did a lot of thinking and I'm certain that that's why I missed the time cutoff for the Vatican. But I spent a lot of time in there just really wondering if I believed in what I believed in because I believed in it or because that's what I was told to believe in. You know, I was brought up, I was raised going to church and I was raised, you know, going to Catholic school, religion class. And my grandmother ran CCD program. So I would go to CCD every couple of Sundays just because I enjoyed it. For me, it was all social. I went, sat in the class, had a good ass time. Right. But as an adult, I'm really in a space where I am wondering if I believe many of the things that I believe because I, you know, wholeheartedly think them to be true or if that's just because it's my normal. It's just because it's what I was told. So personally, that's where I am with spirituality and religion. And I am loving the exposure that I'm getting because I'm more of a hands-on kind of girl. You can read all the books in the world. You can talk to as many people as you, you know, want. You can read as many, um, I said read books, but like you can watch as many documentaries and listen to as many audios or watch as many videos, whatever. But it's something different about praying with people that believe differently than you. It's something different. It's something It's an entirely different learning experience to physically be in the presence of people who believe differently from you, but are able to share with you their beliefs and their belief systems. And um, it's it hits a little different than being home and, you know, just going to a friend's church. You know, that's also a way to do it. But. As we said, I'm not 
the friend that really goes out. If I can't go in chucks and jeans and a t-shirt, if I can't go in my utmost level of comfort, then I'm more than likely not really going to go. And I also don't really feel comfortable going to churches of friends. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't bode well with systems that are against homosexuality and things that, you know, are normal to me are just, you know, heinous crimes to a lot of the churches that I am, oddly enough, invited to. And I love my friends. And my friends, for the most part, don't believe those things to be wrong, but end up going to churches that think that they are horrible abominations, people that do that. So that's been my personal experience. Don't invite me to your church. Don't DM me about that. However, if you've got, you know, a really worthwhile experience, if you will, um, I'm all ears, but uh, yeah. I'm open to a conversation, but don't feel like you're going to, uh, I guess, save me if that's where you think it needs to go. I am very content. My God is a good God. I love the God that I know. And um, I find comfort in my experience of spirituality. So grandma, mama, if you're listening, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good over here. But um, y'all keep praying for the kid. I always appreciate a praying grandmother and mama. Um, But yeah, so those are the two main things that in my reflection, I really, really wanted to continue to gain from travel. And I feel like the list hopefully may be added to. I mean, I feel like those are really overarching, all-encompassing topics or points to be made. Like as long as I feel like kind of anything else can fall in that window of experience, you know, Uh, experiencing myself in a way that I can, you know, grow into the best me and then actively, you know, really deciding on what my, you know, faith or my spirituality would be like, what all isn't on there a good time. That's part of experiencing yourself. Um, you know, experiencing different cultures. Yeah, that's part of experiencing yourself. You know, I, I, I feel like experiencing other people is an extension of myself because in that experience of other people, all you're doing is learning about, you know, differences, similarities. It's all a comparison of what you know. What you know of life is what you compare what you don't know to, if that makes sense. You can only view the world through the glasses that you currently wear. And those glasses aren't going to change until or unless you experience enough for the lenses to, you know, broaden or to um, expand however you want to uh, verb it. You definitely will only be able to experience what you're able to call on. If you only know of life on your block, it's going to be much harder to understand how life on different blocks may... Hmm, don't really want to say that either because that's not what I mean. Even if you... what Like what your experience of your block is, is going to color your experience of somebody else's block. So... 
my experience as a black woman in the States is always going to, you know, um, color how I experience blackness abroad. For example, I was watching a YouTube video and they were, you know, basically I was looking up Tel Aviv and one of the young ladies is an expat. She's from Cali and she's been in Tel Aviv for like three years. And another young lady she was with is Ethiopian, but she was born in Israel. And they were basically saying how a lot of the Israelis don't mind black Americans, but don't really care for uh, black Africans and that there is a difference there for them. And the black, the American black woman was saying, you know, she doesn't often look at people's response to her as, oh, that's racist. She generally goes with, oh, they just don't like me personally. It does. It has nothing to do with, say, the color of my skin. Now, my experience when someone does something that I feel to be a slight or as someone does something I find to be disrespectful, what my immediate, um, I don't want to say response is, but I generally always go to, is this because I'm black or is this because I'm a woman? And then the micro, um, okay, now is this because I am American? People generally love Americans abroad for the most part. Um, I ain't been everywhere. I ain't experienced everybody. But most of the places you go, you are, you know, people look at you as American first. It seems to be the the common thing. However, I was a little hesitant to going to Tel Aviv because my experience with many of uh, the Jews here in New York is, especially the Hasidic ones, they don't give a fuck. They, a lot of them have just been, you know, nasty in terms of they don't make eye contact should they need to, you know, pass by. They don't say, excuse me. They, they just don't see you in their space. Like you don't exist. So I was a little hesitant to it, but, um, again, I like being in (laughs) something about travel, being uncomfortable abroad doesn't jar me the same as it does at home. And that's another conversation to be had. But I'm really excited to, you know, talk to people from Tel Aviv and see what, you know, I don't know if I want to say race relations are, but experience myself as a black woman, as a black American woman in this different environment and to, you know, ask how someone like me is perceived there. So yeah, in a nutshell, I'm really excited to continue to grow through travel. Ultimately, I cherish and appreciate the experiences that I'm afforded in learning more about myself when I'm abroad. And to me, that is the ultimate gift from travel that I get. And that's what I want to continue to experience through travel. So I guess uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Again, my apologies on the episode being late, but it's here because my grandpa ain't helped raise no quitters. So that's it. 
thanks for listening. See y'all next week. And special shout out to my grandma. I love you. And uh, love my pop. And I got grandma. Okay, bye.